Hey everyone, welcome again to the FakePigskin.com podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rainbolt. With me, as always, my co-host, Regan Yant. What's up, Regan? Same old, same old. We're ready for another great podcast. And tonight, our first guest, uh, you know, someone who's been on the podcast quite a bit and definitely one of our most popular guests, uh, Richard Janvrin. What's going on, Richard? I'm a guest? What the hell is this? <laughs> I'm part of the site. I'm not a guest. You're a guest. You're a guest on the podcast. You're a guest on the pod. You're the glue of fakepigskin.com. How's that? Whatever, man. Let's just do this. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. going to be one of those nights. Uh, all right. So Richard wrote a great article, one of the many articles he's been churning out uh, as of late. Tonight's, or the article that he wrote today um, is an update on the top 100 players uh, and injuries that they currently are experiencing. Uh, felt like this article would be useful uh, to folks in redraft in the sense that uh, if you are looking at some older information, such as things, you know, draft list, top 100, draft kit type things you might find on ESPN or CBS. Um, if you're looking at the fakepigskin.com draft guide or, God forbid, you paid good money for uh, physical draft guides at your uh, local convenience store, uh, we hope that this article helps supplement that with some updates. Dummies! <laughs> wow. Some updates on uh, kind of where some of the top players are are at injury-wise going into the season. Uh, so without any further ado, we'll start at quarterback. Uh, Regan, Tom Brady last week suffered a uh, potential knee injury. Uh, it looked pretty scary when it happened, but he's been okay so far. Um, should we expect anything uh, out of Brady injury-wise early in the season? No, I don't think so. He's already back. He's already back playing and practicing and 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 whatnot. Um, obviously, the the collective fantasy football world took a deep breath as it happened, and the grainy video that we saw looked pretty bad. But um, he he's already up. He he already played. So I mean, I think he went eleven or twelve in that game that he played after the injury. So he's good. I wouldn't worry about him. Yep. Uh... Richard Robert Griffin the third uh, obviously injured late last season had the had the knee surgery. Um, you, you did provide us an update on RG three status going into uh, to preseason week three. Yeah, uh, not gonna play. No surprise there. Uh, he did see Dr. James Andrews this past Monday, saying that um, they didn't exactly give him a guideline to get ready for week one, just told him to stay the course and all that stuff. So, same old, you know, he's going to be ready for week one, just not going to play the preseason, although I do feel like that's a little risky. I mean, I know he's played in an NFL game before, but to go from just 11-on-11 drills in practice to a real regular season game against the Eagles week one, um, that might... That might uh, that might not be the greatest idea, so we'll see. But that's going to be pretty dangerous. We won. Yeah, well, the, the, the Eagles' defense is like playing a uh, a preseason defense, isn't it? Well, <laughs> they've, they've been pretty bad here in the in the early going. And Richard, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Washington Redskins backup quarterback, also injured uh, last week uh, in the preseason game, so his availability would be uh, somewhat shaky here early on. Pat White. Sexy, re- sexy Rexy time. Pat <laughs> White. Screw Rex Gross. Maybe have a quarterback controversy for a third third string quarterback. <laughs> hey, Richard, we'll stay with you as we uh, dig into running backs here. Arian Foster, big news today, came off the physically unable to perform list, uh, PUP list, which I think Regan and I have been on for several years since we've lost most of our athletic skill. Uh, how do you feel about Arian Foster at the top of these uh, top of these draft boards? I would never ever draft Arian Foster with a number two or number one pick. I just wouldn't do it. I, God, uh, I, I, I don't understand what appeals to people about this guy. For years, uh, he's appealed to me. Like last year, I, I loved him. I ended up trading for him, and he just sucked. Uh, couldn't do anything. So, and like, there's so many good running backs out there. Uh, like for instance. In the 12 team league this year, the 12th pick, I got LaShawn McCoy, and then I turned around and got Chris Johnson. So we're talking about Chris Johnson, but LaShawn McCoy will will be, geez, uh, 45 fantasy points better than Foster, 50. He he's he's just that much better. I think C.J. Spiller's better. Uh, Jamal Charles, 
I, there's just six other backs, six, seven other backs that are way better than Arian Foster. So Arian Foster can go at the end of the first round, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won this early the second round. Regan, thoughts on Arian Foster? Do you have the same concerns that Richard does about taking him? I mean, he had been the number one or number two uh, uh, ranked player overall in, on all, on most all draft boards here in the in the off season and preseason. Well, you know, I have him a little bit lower, but. Um, uh, 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns isn't exactly sucked. So um, it, it's all volume. I know everybody will say, and, and I've even said it in my in, in articles myself, that you know um, C.J. Spiller scored 49 less points than him on 102 less touches. But um, it, it's all about volume. It's volume carries. I don't care how many carries he gets in the NFL. When we were talking fantasy football, it's the total and what he gets. And I mean, he's going to put up his points. That that being said, I don't have him in the top five right now. That's kind of well documented. So, Regan, we'll stay with you. With Doug Martin in Tampa Bay, uh, suffered a head injury earlier in the preseason, uh, some concussion-like symptoms. Um, he has been cleared for some practice, but hasn't had any contact. And all indications point that he'll be ready in Week One. Do you have any apprehension about taking Doug Martin at such a high position? No, but it did scare me a little bit as he's my anchor uh, running back on three of my Dynasty League teams. So it did scare me a little bit. But, um, no, I, I, I think he's going to be fine. They didn't even say it was a concussion. He, it never came out saying he had a concussion. So I think he just got got hit. You know, it could have been a stinger. could have been anything. But, I mean, a, a knee to the head's going to hurt, you know. But every, all indications say he's going to be fine for week one. Richard, another guy going in the top five uh, of most drafts, Jamal Charles in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, me and uh, Ty from uh, Blindside Football both agree this guy's the number one running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like what they're doing with him in Kansas City. He's a great pass-catching uh, running back. This is for PPR, by the way. Standard, different story. Standard. Is a terrible format. I don't know why people play it anymore. But, um, <laughs> well, it's true. And to be, and, oh yeah, to get back to Aaron Foster real quick, when I got him, he sucked after that. Before that, he was good. Anyway. Apparently, uh, you got him week 16. I had him against Jacksonville, and he's freaking horrible. So, um, um, who are we talking about again? Oh yeah, Jamal Charles. Good running back. Drafted number one overall. And you won't be upset. Screw Adrian Peterson. That's right. All right. You're ready first. <laughs> on he's that, fine. But he's fine. Uh, Regan Maurice Jones drew next on the list. Uh, was hampered by a foot injury last season. Uh, definitely, given his ADP this season, I think some definite some definite value there. Um, the, Speculation is that he will play this week, uh, preseason week three. Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see him get back on the field and see what he's really got to show. Um, every all indications say that he you know he's progressing nicely and he should be ready for week one also. So it'll be good to see him back on the field. I mean, he's basically the only offense they've got, and they don't even have a running back behind him. I mean, who are you going to rely on if he's not ready? Denard Robinson? You're going to rely on a college quarterback to start it, to start his first NFL game at running back? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the lack of depth there in Jacksonville will definitely come back to haunt them if, you know, with the departure of, uh, I forget who their backup was, uh, Rashad Jennings, who's now in Oakland. He sucks uh, out. Jay Lynn Parmalee. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, Rashad Jennings backing up uh, Darren McFadden in Oakland, Richard. Uh, Darren McFadden, kind of a, a walking mash unit these past few seasons. Um, already dinged again here this preseason. Uh, how do you feel about McFadden? You know, for years I stood up for this guy. A bunch of heat from other people. Why are you drafting McFadden? He always gets hurt. No, this is the year. Guess what, people? He's never played a full <laughs> season. Don't draft him. <laughs> it's a walking, it's a walking body cast. This guy, I don't, I don't get it. Is he glass skin and paper bones? Like, what is wrong with this guy? I don't know. Yeah, I, the injuries along the Oakland offensive line this preseason already can't help things either. 
Yeah, what's his name just got injured too? What's it, uh, Veldier or something? Uh, yeah, the tackle, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I, they're going to win the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes. They're going to be worse than Jacksonville, I feel, unless they can hunt, hunt touchdowns this year. Which we will, t- we will dig into this in an upcoming podcast, but, uh, I think, I think you're right on. Those, those two teams definitely look like the two worst in the league going into the, uh, Jack, going into Jacksonville's going to, going to win those sweepstakes because Latavius Murray's going to take over. God, let's hope so. Uh, Regan Chris Ivory is quote unquote the man in New York playing for the Jets. Uh, just another guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy um, throughout his career and really hasn't had any type of workload worth noting um, in New Orleans. Now a member of the New York Jets. All, all the talent in the world. I really think that he's got the talent to be a top ten, maybe even top five running back in the league, but. It, and, and and we've talked about it before on podcast past that I hate that term injury prone, but man, this guy if he, every time he gets a chance he's hurt. And I know that uh, Richard and Asher both did a uh, a head to head on him, and Asher even predicted ten games, and I think our our friends uh, over at SportsInjuryPredictor.com projected him for nine games. I just can't see him playing the whole season. I, I really can't. I think he's going to have issues. If he's already got hamstring issues going on. Um, <laughs> I just think that if he doesn't sit down and get that healed, that's going to last all week long. I mean, all week long, all season long. Yeah, just and, and, and another offense that's poised to be pretty awful uh, in moving the football. Uh, yeah, Rick- don't don't count them out for the for the county sweepstakes. Richard, big news out of Pittsburgh today and a collective sigh from fantasy football hardcore uh, fans. A deep exhale is Le'Veon Bell, uh, apparently diagnosed with a Liz Frank injury and could be out from six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I actually have a friend of mine who I've been using in a couple of my articles. He's actually a doctor, uh, worked in the emergency room, and has been a doctor for 30-plus years. Um, and he is saying that the six weeks is the the very minimum. He said that it could go up to around ten weeks, mm. and if it comes to the point where he needs surgery, um, it could be a twelve to twenty week thing. So definitely not good. Um, sad too, because I really like Le'Veon Bell. I feel like he was really his job um, from the get go because. Anybody who honestly thought Jonathan Dwyer, Isaac Redman had a shot, don't have eyeballs. The Rod Stevens so. telling. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, Rod Stevens. That guy would be killed if he was given a full workload. Um, yeah, just not but, that yeah, No, definitely not. But no, it, it's sad. Um, ah, man, because now I got because now people ask me about Eddie Lacy, and, he lo- and I don't like him either. So now. I had Bell as my favorite standard running back, which standard sucks. So it doesn't really. <laughs> well, and definitely, <laughs> definitely the highest ta- highest selected rookie uh, here in recent mock drafts, kind of leading into the season as well. I mean, he, yeah. he had really separated himself from Eddie Lacy and some of the other guys that. Yeah, Bernard was catching him, but yeah, he's basically been the consensus since yeah. the beginning. And, I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, he was going to be a starting running back in the NFL. Which that's value right there, unless your eyes are red when John McGuire. And number two, he he was gonna get the ball. And sure, at Michigan State, he got the ball fifty million times a season too. But ah uh, man, it's just so sad. But I guess I guess um, we get to deal with Dwyer and Redmond again. Regan, before we jump into wide receivers in kind of a uh, rapid-fire session, we'll finish up running backs with Ahmad Bradshaw. Uh, left the New York Giants when he was cut and reemerged with the Indianapolis Colts. He hasn't yet to play in the preseason, um, but all indications are that he'll be ready for week one. Well, as long as that foot holds up, the, at least in Indy has uh, Vic Ballard sitting there that he can step in capably. Um I think this is a great spot for Bradshaw, though. I'm really excited to see him in the Pep Hamilton offense. You know, he's a great, great blocker. Um, he's probably one of the, he's easily, easily top five blocking running backs in the league when he's yes. healthy. Um, I'm really interested to see him in the offense, and I think that's a great, great signing for Indy as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, most definitely. Um, 
That's my first most definitely of this uh, podcast. So I was counting. Keep, how many is that? That's one, right? That was just one. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to throw out the wide receiver and let you know what they're dealing with. And you guys tell me if you're worried or not worried. How's that? Sure. Regan, AJ Green, a little bit of a knee injury, may play preseason week three. Not worried. Richard, agree with that one? Not worried on AJ Green? Uh, no. All right. Uh, Des Bryant, thumb injury, uh, sustained on Monday. Nope. Not worried? No, he hurt himself worse when he slapped his mom. Oh, wow. Burn. Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons, hamstring earlier in the preseason, and really something that's kind of plagued him throughout throughout his career here and there. Nothing too serious, but uh, are you guys worried about uh, Julio Jones? Yeah. It'll be typical. He might miss a game or two, just like usual. Yeah. Uh, Roddy White, his uh, teammate there in Atlanta, uh, low ankle sprain listed day-to-day. Yeah, well, he he avoided the high one, so I I he'll be fine. He'll be fine by the start of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, avoided the high. So, I mean, it's a, it's an amazing what a high and a low can separate from day to day to um, two months. So yeah. yeah, he'll be all right. Uh, Richard Randall Cobb in Green Bay. Uh, he's had an arm injury much of the preseason. You worried about uh, him given where he's being selected in drafts? No, I actually have him as my wide receiver one. This kid is, oh boy, 95-plus catch season coming his way. He'll be fine. Uh, Regan Victor Cruz uh, was on crutches, I believe, to a sprained ankle, correct? Um, but no indication that that'll hold him out of the opener against the Cowboys September 8th. He just worries me. He's starting to have those little injuries that mount up, too. So, yeah, I'm a little bit more worried about him lasting through the season. Randall Cobb, um, he's got his legs. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, Richard, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Victor Cruz. I mean, I don't really think his draft position should change much. Um, I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be all right. You know what you're getting with him already, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Marquez Colston, New Orleans, Richard. Suffered a you know, th- yes. Go ahead. Kind of. I, I, I mean, um, where he's saying he's taking his time and he's looking at that. I don't like that. I don't like the taking your time. I want him to show that enthusiasm and want to get back on the field. Um, I mean, I think he'll be ready by week one, but uh, I don't like the way he's he's going about it, saying he's just going to take his time. But it, 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 to me, he's either actually genuinely injured or he's just looking for an excuse to not play in a freaking preseason game. I don't think Colston is like that, so... I don't think he's that type of player. He's not the diva receiver. No, definitely not. But I just, I just don't like the way he's going about it, saying that he's taking his time. And I mean, that's good. I mean, you want to take your time and get healthy. But he didn't say anything like, "I, I really want to get back on the field" or all that good stuff. So I think he'll be okay, though. Ultimately, uh, Regan, Danny Amendola, New England, uh, undisclosed injury, but it has been revealed that it is quote not a head injury. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about Danny Amendola? Are you worried for well, any concern he, there? Neither was any of his injuries that he's missed 20 of the last 32 games. They, none of them were head injuries either. So it starts right now. So it begins with Danny Amendola. Buyer beware. That's all I'm saying. His ADP is way too high for for his type of player. Guy's missed 20 of his last 32 games. There's nothing in his career that's ever said he can last a season. Guys that are counting on him as being a, a low wide receiver one or a high wide receiver two, I'm telling you right now, buyer beware. This dude is not playing 16 games. Uh, next wide receiver, Hakeem Nix, uh, actually a guy who does have me concerned. Um, I don't think he's looked very good and really just kind of seems to suffer from chronic injuries. Richard, you uh, yeah, he, he's a, he's one of those high risk, high reward players. Right now, in a little league of mine, he's my wide receiver, too. And I just feel like with the depth of wide receiver that you can take a chance with a key mix because we know that if he's on, he's a top 10 wide receiver. And um, the injury history is definitely there. Uh, he has looked a little sluggish. Um, but ultimately, I think he'll be okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I will put a lot of stock in and playing 16 games this year because that's a that's a stretch but um, 
I'd, I'd take him as a wide receiver too and feel pretty confident about it though. Uh, Regan, yep, Regan. As we uh, wrap up here, as we have our next guest joining us shortly, um, Jordy Nelson underwent a knee procedure to clean up some some mess in his knee. Um, this is a guy that does have me some concern. I actually, traded him away in a dynasty league um, without much without much thought. Um, uh, I was not quite sure what we'll see from him early in the season. It does. It worries me a little bit too because his game relies on speed. And with a knee procedure, and he's not going to play any time in the preseason. Kind of, kind of, kind of has me itchy a little bit. I have him as my wide receiver one, actually, in one league that I went. Uh, it was a two quarterback league, so I went running backs and and quarterbacks very high. And now I'm kind of worried about him for for an entire season. And Pierre Garcon in Washington, uh, Richard, any concern there? No, I mean, I, he was only really listed on the injury report just because of the toe thing, but he it seems to be, you know, all things go. Uh, he did have one, I think it was one catch for three yards. But no, Pierre Garcon, definitely a great value pick for where he's going, I think. Okay, um, so, I mean, he's a guy you want to get in drafts. Um, Regan, Tory Smith? If, if I hold on real quick, if I if I was to redo my rankings right now, I may move Pierre Garcon into the top twelve. Nice. I wouldn't. I would disagree. I wouldn't. Yep, kind of one of those boring guys that we like to draft that just seem to produce. Uh, Regan, Torrey Smith, in Baltimore. Go ahead, Richard. Oh Richard yeah. Guy. Sorry about that. Nah, whatever. He's a, he's okay. He just had his calf wrapped up a little bit, and uh, he's the guy in Baltimore. Very clearly, so... Yep, looks good with those dreads cut, too. Yeah. Uh, Regan, Steve, your boy Stevie Johnson in Buffalo? Oh, man. Stevie Johnson in the slot with Captain Checkdown Kevin Cobb and a rookie E.J. Manuel, either one of them that starts. E.J. Manuel checked down that entire game with Stevie Johnson playing in the slot, man. I'm, he, he's he, he, he's going to have a great year. I mean, my top ten prediction may uh, may may very well come true. Yep. I'm not worried about him at all. My wide receiver four, I'm excited about it. Nice. Beautiful. That's good value at wide receiver four. Uh, the last two guys, actually very similar, Sidney Rice and Kenny Britt. Oh, Sidney Rice. Um, as a guy who personally has terrible knees, and, I mean, if you want to dive into that, it's a totally different issue. Uh, knees, they linger, and Sidney Rice always seems to be that guy who's always hurt. But then out of nowhere, he has, like, this friggin' insane game. So he definitely would not be a starting wide receiver for me unless you're in a really deeper league. Um, I mean, as a wide receiver, four, five, fringe guy, sure, why not? But I think Golden Tate's the guy in Seattle. Um, and Regan, you can take the other guy because I don't remember who it was. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt, dude. Brittle knees. Brittle knees. Plus the off-the-field um, issues, which seem to haunt him and, you know, could result in a suspension you know, at any point. Guys are still hanging on this guy waiting for potential. Um, I'm going to call it right now. Justin Blackman is Kenny Britt Jr. He's going to have the same issues his entire career. We're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on that potential. Kenny Britt, just don't draft him. <laughs> and finally, guys, at the tight end position, Rob Gronkowski appears to be on track to return maybe week three. Uh, hopefully he avoids the PUP list, which would keep him out the first six games. Yeah, we're, we're good with that. Okay. Um, Rob Gronkowski, and if, if you own him or you're drafting him, you want him for that stretch run anyways. Don't worry about the first couple weeks of the year. Everybody knows he's going to miss a game or two, maybe three. <laughs> Get the value while he's there. Like we've talked about numerous times, dude sitting there in the fourth round. Grab him in the fourth round and enjoy that stretch run and that playoff run. Right. I mean, if if you can, it, you might end up sacrificing a little bit of wide receiver running back depth. But if you can get him and then turn around in the tenth round and get a guy like Jordan Cameron yes. to sit in, absolutely, to sit in for him while he's out. Love it. Even if he hits the pup list, that's six games, big three. I mean, there's a few weeks difference there, but if you're as high on Jordan Cameron as I am, 
This dude, uh, I just cannot wait for this guy to play in a regular season game. Gronk is so effective that even even if he was placed on the PUP list, knowing he was on the PUP list, I'd still take him in the fourth round for the final mm. seven games of the season. Interesting. Hard to argue. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Richard, for the awesome article and the rest of your work at Fake Pigskin. Uh, Richard, you'll hang on the uh, podcast here with us as we uh, as we talk to our first guest. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Our first guest tonight is Chris Shanafelt, who can be found at Sportsman Radio. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing great, you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely our pleasure. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, it's called Sportsman Radio. I've uh, been doing it for about two years now. And I'm actually entering my first year of college, so uh, it's called Sportsman Radio. I have a ton of people on the show. I've had uh, Regan on the show. Hopefully, we get you guys on in the near future. I've had professional athletes on the show, such as uh, you know Cardinals, Cardinals linebacker Daryl Richardson. I'm sorry, Daryl Richardson, Daryl Washington, uh, former Cardinal Michael Adams is a pretty good friend of the show. You know, I've had some. I've I've had some good Cardinals on the show. Uh, Obviously, I'm a Bears fan. Had a lot of Chicago Bears uh, players on the show, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a sports podcast show, really for the NFL and NBA fans. Those are the really only two sports I focus on. You guys can find my show at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/SportsmanRadio, and uh, you guys can download the podcast for free on iTunes as well, uh, just by searching Sportsman Radio in the podcast section. That's yeah, I was I, I was telling these guys, Chris, that. Uh, I, I was humbled when you had me on because uh, I was sandwiched in between Cardinals wide receiver Leron Bird and uh, Carolina Panthers defensive end Charles Johnson on the show you had me on, and I felt very honored to be on there with uh, those two guys. That's right, man. It was great having you on. It's always great talking to you guys. Yeah, so Chris, a lot of the talk uh, there in Chicago is about the change in coaching staff moving from Lovey Smith, uh, who had been the head coach there for quite a while, uh, to uh, actually former Arizona Cardinals assistant coach or offensive coordinator and uh, Canadian Football League coach uh, Mark Tressman. Uh, what's what's kind of the vibe there in Chicago as how the Bears uh, prospects look this season? I think many fans, many fans thought it was time for a change. You know, Lovey Smith was here in Chicago for 10 years as head coach for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think that's quite a long time now that you think about it with the uh, – the average duration of a head coach in the NFL. Uh, Lovey Smith, I hate to say it, he, I mean, we didn't do too much. I mean, we, we, I think we had like five straight losing, uh, uh, five straight, uh, five straight seasons without a playoff, uh, berth. I mean, that, that's just unexcusable, especially here in Chicago where you always expect a lot. You bring in weapons. I mean, it was pretty much just unexcusable. Uh, I think it was time for a change and fans, I think we really love the hiring of Mark Trestman. Lovey Smith was a defensive uh, head coach. We got we bring in an offensive guy who's been called the offensive guru, the quarterback guru, which is what you want to hear when you have a quarterback like Jay Cutler. Who and I hate to say, I mean it's sad to say it, but Jay Cutler might just be uh, the best quarterback in Chicago Bears history. You look down the line, we haven't had the best history when it comes to quarterbacks. And uh, I'll leave it to that. Uh, Chicago Bears fans are happy with Mark Trestman uh, as of right now. And, you know, I got to say, with Phil Emery, Bears general manager, it looks like it could be a solid hiring. Yeah, with names like Eric Kramer and Moses Moreno, uh, wasn't really the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks <laughs> that uh, Jay Cutler had to <laughs> had to beat out there. Caleb Haney. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, what do you think we can expect from the Bears this season? I know a lot of folks like myself are high on Matt Forte. Um, everyone seems to be just in love with Brandon Marshall's prospects for this season. And uh, most of us, uh, Richard Janver not included, uh, actually like Cutler as a kind of a later, you know, uh, maybe between 12 and 16 uh, quarterback uh, ranking there for Cutler. Well, you gotta love, of course, Matt Forte. I mean, you, you look at the history with Mark Tressman. He loves using his quarterbacks, whether it's in the running game or passing game. That's always a plus for Matt Forte. 
uh, Brandon Marshall. I mean, when isn't Jay Cutler throwing the ball to Brandon Marshall? So far this preseason, uh, Jay Cutler, all of his passes have gone to Brandon Marshall. Four or five, I believe, yeah. uh, have all gone to Brandon Marshall. I don't know if that's really something you have to look at, but look at last season. Brandon Marshall had over 40% of the team's targets, so that's something to look at. Also look at Martellus Bennett, the tight end that the Bears brought in. I really love this move. You look at the years past, we haven't really had a, a Martellus-type tight end, a blocking and receiving tight end. I did like Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Did like that we gave him away to Carolina, uh, thanks to Mike Martz. But over the last couple of years, we've had Kellen Davis. And I can tell you this, Martellus Bennett is a huge upgrade over uh, Martellus uh Kellen Davis. So I got to say, the top three guys I'm looking out for uh, fantasy football, who actually I have on my fantasy football team, is Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, <laughs> and Martellus Bennett. Yeah, that, that, that's sad for the uh, owners who are who are uh, calling for Alshon Jeffrey's breakout year this year in the Mark Tressman offense. But I got another question for you. What what do you make of the uh, the reports of, or h- how is Mark Trestman and Jay Cutler working together? Um, you know, we've kind of heard that Jay Cutler's just his normal self and has made some goofy comments. You know, oh well, we haven't had an argument yet, or blah 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 blah. But and we we all know that he's kind of difficult to deal with. What what, what have you heard in Chicago about uh, their relationship so far? Uh, haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything yet, and I gotta think that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I there's just one comment I really did not like that Jay Cutler uh, threw out there not too long ago. He said it takes at least three years to learn a new offense. And quite honestly, you guys, I don't agree with that. I mean, maybe one season, I, I could understand that. But three years, I, I think Jay Cutler was tra- just saying that so he could uh, maybe stay in Chicago so he can guarantee himself a new contract as a... Uh, he and 40 other Chicago Bears are entering their final year of wow. their contract. I don't know if Jay Culler was trying to, you know, work something out with that comment, but uh, in my opinion, no matter what, Jay Culler will be a Chicago Bear in the future. Right now, it's just for how much and how long. But uh, back to your qu- question, man, I, I think, I, I gotta think the relationship is at least decent. I mean, I haven't heard anything about uh, Tressman and Culler's relationship. Like I said, I think it's a good thing. Good. Regan did make mention of Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody on our staff has predicted him to have a breakout season this year, um, but definitely showed quite a bit last year, right? As far as being being you know a, a decent NFL wide receiver, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I think the thing it was injuries with Alshon Jeffrey last season. I, I think he broke his hand against Jacksonville, had a hamstring injury. It, it was something like that. Uh, if Alshon Jeffrey could stay healthy and teams are going to want to put more attention on Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett, you might want to look out for Alshon Jeffrey. Didn't isn't Brent, Brandon Marshall is quoted as saying Alshon Jeffrey has the best hands on the team, isn't he? Uh, you know, that sounds just about right to me. And I got to say, I got to disagree with Brandon Marshall, but, uh, you know, it was a nice <laughs> comment. <laughs> well, that's... Who else? What about uh, how, how, how's Michael Bush look? Is he a, is he a good uh, a good grab for guys who are looking at uh, at uh, Matt Forte uh, grab, grabbing Michael Bush as maybe a handcuff for Matt Forte? I, I think you can't go wrong with it. I'm not really sure what to expect out of Michael Bush. Uh, you know, last season I'm not sure for how long it was, but he actually played injured, and that could be why his performance wasn't great. But uh, I'm really not sure what to expect out of Michael Bush. To be honest with you guys, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears use him as some kind of trade bait. I really think hmm. the Chicago Bears are going to really try to use Matt Forte a lot this season, even in the goal line situations. You know, in years past with uh, Chester Taylor, Marion Barber, uh, even last year a little bit with Michael Bush, they were always using those, uh, you know, those third down running backs for the goal line. I don't know why Lovey Smith and the Chicago Bears just didn't trust Matt Forte, uh, third and short and goal line situations. But I think Mark Tressman is going to be uh, putting a lot of trust in Matt Forte this season. I know you're online. I know you're you're uh, you've been to camp a little bit to Chicago Bears camp. Have you uh, have you noticed any two running back sets with Tressman? Have you noticed like maybe Michael Bush playing fullback at all? I haven't. 
I have not. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, you you know when uh, when when um, uh, Mark Trustman was the coordinator here in Arizona, that uh, Larry Centers played exclusively fullback, no uh, no halfback or tailback position. He played exclusively fullback and had 69 catches in a Mark Trustman offense. And you know what? You know, you bring that up, and quite honestly, I haven't seen it. I went to uh, about six of the training camp practices. I really would not be surprised. The Chicago Bears and, you know, the fullback position is really dying down in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I would yeah. Right, I would not be surprised if Mark Trestman puts Michael Bush at fullback. I, I really wouldn't. We don't really have a, a solidified uh, fullback uh, player. You know, we did have Evan Rodriguez. We cut him. He had off the off the field uh, problems. Right now, it's uh, I think Harvey Unga and Tony Fiametta. I know you guys are asking uh, who, who are these guys. <laughs> I heard of Fiametta. <laughs> all right, all right, but I I think putting Michael Bush there at fullback would be a great. Uh, a great decision because he's a big running back. I mean, this guy is huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, Mark Trustman is an offensive genius, and he is known for a lot of uh, a lot of trickery. And um, he did uh, he he did run the uh, make Rich Gannon MVP in the league. So if if you can get make Rich Gannon an MVP, you ha- you have to be considered an offensive guru. Definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Chris, shifting to the other side of the ball, the Bears' defense has had a pretty, pretty n- not insignificant overhaul in personnel and as well as the coaching. Obviously, um, should fantasy owners see uh, expect a big drop off in the production of uh, the Bears' defense last year or this year Absol- compared to last year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, we had Rod Marinelli for the last couple of years as defensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, he's not here anymore. We now got Mel Tucker, and he's even come out and said it. He has not really changed his defensive playbook too much. I mean, you know, little fixes here and there, but other than that, it's pretty much the same. And, you know, I'm watching in practice. I know it's just practice. I know it's just preseason. This defense is still dominating. They're, they're creating turnovers. They're making plays, and you got to love it. Uh, you, you've had, you had a career year out of Peanut Tillman and Tim Jennings last year, the two starting cornerbacks. You, you still have a bunch of talent, even with losing, uh, Brian Erlacher. Quite honestly, you guys, I, and this is not a biased opinion at all. I'm in love with the Chicago Bears, uh, defense. I mean, we're seeing some great things out of the second round draft pick, John Bostick, who, uh, you know, he is supposed to be replacing Brian Erlacher. Not saying he's gonna, he's <laughs> supposed to. But we still got Lance Briggs and Julius Peppers. You know, we still got some big names on this defense, even uh, with losing Brian Urlacher. We'll definitely be watching that that Bears offense and, and, and the rest of the team. I think just the optimism that Tressman's bringing uh, has really excited fantasy owners just not knowing what to expect from him. Would you agree, Regan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's an exciting thing, and there's a lot of speculation, obviously with a couple teams, but... Uh, um, we kind of know his track record a lot more than most. So, um, R- Richard, Richard, what do you uh, you got any uh, opinions on anything that Chris has said tonight? Well, one thing that he has said that has stuck out to me is watching practice, creating turnovers, and I'm guessing that the quarterback <laughs> that they're turning that they're creating turnovers on is Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what's funny, you guys, is I believe four. Practices, which I mean, this is gonna. I think this is pretty crazy. Four of the training camp practices have uh, the offense have started. The offense started out with Jay Cutler throwing an interception, and I hate to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And and to defeat your point, I think if I had to pick the best Bears quarterback, I mean Sid Luckman's definitely up there. Um, Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, God, I, I, <laughs> how about Rex Grossman? You guys seen what he did with Washington the other day? Oh, <laughs> we just talked about him earlier on the piece before you. <laughs> Bears made the Super Bowl with him. It's hard to argue. That's right. All right. Well, I feel no. like, go ahead. I Bears feel... made the Super Bowl with that defense. That's true. <laughs> hey, Trent Dilfer's got a ring. <laughs> Well Chris, well, Chris, we'll definitely be watching uh, watching how the Bears progress this season, and as, as you as well throughout your career, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, enjoy yourself in college. We hope to see you continue to produce uh, Sportsman Radio, and uh, wish you the best of luck, man. Well, I, once again, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, here's one thing 
the Chicago Bears and Arizona Cardinals have in common, and it's not just good defense. Uh, they both have Palmers. You know, the Bears have recently <laughs> signed Jordan Palmer, the brother of Carson. Uh-oh, there well, you let, go. Let, let's hope you don't have to see him play at all this season. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. That's the plan. Not the best, so. Thanks a lot, Chris. Chris, we'll have, you right. on ag- we'll have you on again later in the season, man. Sounds great. Keep in touch, you guys. All, all right. right, thank you. See ya. Take, Take care. care. All right, welcome back. Our next guest is Carl Safchik, who can be found on Twitter at Carl Safchik. That's Carl with a K. Uh, writer for DLF, Dynasty League Football. How's it going, Carl? Uh, very good. Very fun to be on with you guys. Uh, nice to meet you, Adam. I've been talking to Regan for a while, and uh, I guess I just recently started talking to you, but it's uh, nice to be on with you guys on Fake Big. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. We have Richard Janvrin on as well, one of uh, our top fakepigskin.com writers. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to get you on. Uh, we understand you've made it to uh, quite a few of the Washington Redskins practices here in the preseason, kind of get your thoughts, and then do a little a little digging into some, uh, some Dynasty talk, which is really the specialty of your guys' website, Dynasty League Football. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually met up with uh, one of your writers down at, uh, at, at yeah, uh, training at, camp. Asher Curzon, correct? Yeah, we yeah. had a really good time with him. We uh, went and went and watched a little bit of football, and then went and had an adult beverage afterwards. That sounds like a plan. So uh, I think Regan was interesting hearing about your experiences. Uh, Regan's attended a few of the Arizona Cardinal practices here uh, in the Valley, and we were kind of curious to get your your um, kind of observations on attending Redskins camp. Sure, absolutely. Uh, before that, Regan, what do you think about Lorenzo Alexander so far? You know what? He's uh, he 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 he's showing really good especially on special teams and uh everything that we've heard right now he's a great great uh teammate a great locker room presence but he's gonna he he is in a big battle with our rookie kevin minter for that uh starting linebacker spot it's not yeah i don't think he'll end up being a starter for you guys but he is a great guy to have around and he caused a big fumble against dallas for you guys the other day which was uh which was (laughs) cool to see because even without being uh, a Red- Washington Redskin, he's still uh, still killing the Cowboys. Yeah, everything that we've heard, he's a great dude. He's just a great locker room presence. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and tell you what I saw from training camp. Uh, um, as far as the quarterbacks go, um, you know, as 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 much as I like Kirk Cousins, um, what I really kind of found out from training camp is. He throws a kind of an ugly ball, which is okay. A lot of guys do that. Um, but when you see, when you see RG3 step up, I mean, it's just that crisp pass. It's, it's that all pro, uh, pass, um, that you just see a perfect spiral just jetting out a wide receiver. Um, on the opposite end of some of those passes, I saw Pierre Garcon do a really, really good job. And I was really impressed by Fred Davis as well. Um, the Achilles injury is not one to play with, and that's what Fred Davis had. And, and he went out and had a really strong training camp, um, and I think that he'd be a great buy-low candidate at this point. Interesting. Yeah, a guy we haven't heard much you know, from the Twitter sphere about uh, potential being a late-round pick. Um, yeah, interesting you mentioned Cousins' delivery. Um, Garcon, we've kind of talked about a few times on the podcast that he does seem undervalued based on his current ADP um, and just one of those guys maybe like a Reggie Wayne kind of an older player uh, that might no one's going to give you a high five for taking during the draft but definitely a guy that could end up on a championship squad well I think our is uh, quite a bit younger than than Reggie Wayne um, I definitely keep my eye on age being a dynasty uh, you know leaning dynasty for most of my uh, teams but uh uh, Garson's twenty eight, I believe. Uh, Reggie Wayne might be thirty four. Yeah, he's thirty. Yeah, Reggie Wayne's yeah. thirty four. Reggie Wayne's like sixty three. Yeah. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or it see, it seems that way. Um, we're just on our last, uh, our last little plug. We were, we are our first, first, first part of the show. We were talking. I want to see what what your thoughts are on this. We were talking about Garcon, and uh, I said if I was to redo my rankings right now. I would probably put Garcon in the top twelve now that he's healthy. What do you think of that, Carl? Now, ba- now, cool. now, gr- now, granted that we we focus at our site, we focus on redraft. So, you correct. Know. That's that's what I was just about to ask. Um, 
And, and you know what? My rankings for Dynasty aren't too far off uh, redraft rankings. What I always say when I do do my rankings or when I suggest, um, you know, if somebody suggests a trade and, and I give some advice, is, is I always say that your first year is still your most important year. So it's still redraft-based. Um, no, I would not be opposed to Garcon being in my top 12. And and the cool thing is, is you'll probably get him for a cheaper price than that. Absolutely, it, it's kind of like you know, I I still have Stevie Johnson in in the top ten, and uh, at, at, especially at his ADP, even if he ends up not not as a as a wide receiver one, which I have him projected as, even if he ends up as a as a middle of the pack wide receiver two, his ADP, it's still a value pick. Absolutely. Yeah, Carl, uh, I've been playing Dynasty for quite a few years now, uh, entering year 11 in a 16-team, uh, 10-keeper Dynasty League. Um, well, 10-player Dynasty, I should say. Um, what would you say to, to maybe some of our listeners who haven't played Dynasty before? Um, how, what, how, what would you tell them about it and, and kind of entice them to playing uh, that format? Well, that's really ironic that you bring that up, Adam. Um, I... I'm in my 10th year awesome. in a uh, keeper league, very similar to that, it sounds. Um, and, and that's actually, that's kind of the bridge between redraft and dynasty is a keeper league. But my big league is a keeper league, not a dynasty league. And I guess you can say the difference is just the amount of keepers you get Correct. to do. Uh, a lot of the leagues that I'm in uh, have 50 plus keeper spots. Uh, wow. I'm in a few leagues with like fantasy football ghost and Jeff Barron, which I know you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with. Yeah, he, my he buddy. told me to do a couple jokes with Regan tonight, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be nice and not do those. <laughs> but, um, but something, something enticing to, to play dynasty is it, it's funny. I, I, Tell, tell some people that uh, it's the difference between going out on a date and getting married, <laughs> which really turns a lot of people off. <laughs> but um, it, it really is that. it's uh, You draft a team, and um, you get that one big draft once. You know, Not even every year at this point. You get that one big draft once. And then you're an NFL GM at that point. You... Um, it's just all about trades, um, and, and it goes all year long, you know. Your your rosters go over from last year. So a lot of people that are new to me in Dynasty say, you know, well, where would I draft Tony Gonzalez? Mm. And I say, well, that totally depends on whether or not you want to win this year or whether or not you want to build a team. It's You know, it can completely go with your personality of how you want to run a team. You can run – a lot of guys who are good at redraft can join a Dynasty League draft their team as if they're a redraft team, win the first year, and then be ahead of the curve in front of all the other guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah I totally I totally agree. I mean, granted that our, our site our, our site focuses mostly on redraft. Um I, I play in, in six total leagues and five of the six are dynasty. Um and I feel the same way. It, it on on a startup league, you you're still playing to win. Someone's gotta win the first year. So why not win? At least you're going to have a trophy in the trophy case, <laughs> you know. Yeah, for me. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, for me entering year eleven, I think I've made the playoffs probably about half the time, maybe five of the, five or six of the seasons. I lost the Super Bowl once, um, but the most satisfying thing for me is, you know, back in 2003 in our, in our inaugural draft, ninth round, I grab a w- rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans named Andre Johnson who I had on my team for 10 years. In the 13th round, I grabbed a uh, running back who had a devastating knee injury in a national championship game named Willis McGahew, who actually just dropped a few weeks ago. I had him on my team for almost 11 seasons. Like, that's just the type wow. of satisfaction you get out of these leagues. Um, it's awesome, especially if you're playing with buddies that you talk to on a regular basis. You know, you can make crazy trades. You can include future draft picks. Um, it's just awesome. It's just it's just so so satisfying to build build these teams very, very slowly and very methodically. Um, another league I'm in is a, we're in year two of a 26, uh, sorry, 16 team, 26 roster spot IDP league. 
and that one's just been awesome. It's just been so fun to build that team. And, you know, we, we ballooned to 40, 40, 40 uh, roster spots here a few weeks ago and just had our big cut down down from 40 to 30. Um, and even just doing that was really cool. You really had a really felt like you're an NFL GM, right, because you're setting up your depth chart. You're basically trying to figure out who's on the bubble. And once you make those cuts, you definitely <laughs> definitely have a little feeling behind it because you think, oh, hey, I just picked that guy up off waivers, or, hey, that's a guy that contributed uh, to my team in the past. And just a, just a really satisfied, just a much different way to play fantasy football. And I, I definitely see the appeal and uh, definitely the, the success of uh, DynastyFootball.com, your website, um, definitely kind of shows that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and uh, I think you touched on it briefly, but you, you really get a, a a larger emotional attachment to these guys than you would in a redraft. In a redraft, you dump the guys after week 16 at the very latest. That's if you win a championship. Um, in my league, um, our league trophy is a, a bottle opener, and it's a large bottle opener, <laughs> and we get um, whatever players from our team, nice. uh, their picture on there and their names on there, and... These guys, you know, say I had a Keem Nix last year, and he had a down year, but I won the championship despite that. And since a lot of my past four years leading up to this was a Keem Nix leading me in the right direction, uh, he's one of those guys that will end up on there. And, and I've just grown an attachment to him uh, bigger than if I would have drafted him, say, in 2010 for one year, and then I forgot about him the past three years after that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing I like about Dynasty League is it it, it even uh, it, it makes you root for and respect even players from your rivals' teams. Um, I, my my two most hated teams, um, being a, uh, a a former hardcore Minnesota Vikings fan and and a uh, Arizona Cardinals fan. My two most hated teams: the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. I love Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I, I love them both. And, well, especially Tony Romo in fantasy because those two guys are going probably ten to twelve rounds apart, and they're going to give you similar production. Exactly, and I, I I can't believe how often I find myself in a in a Twitter in a in a Twitter argument um, defending Tony Romo. And God, I, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of uh, Redskins guys that follow me, and I put a tweet out uh, a few months ago that said uh, something about that you can win your championship easily if you draft Tony Romo. And a lot of Redskins guys who maybe aren't as big as fantasy football players, but they're just big in the football community and Redskins fans say, you know, how could you say that you can win your championship with Tony Romo? And I say, well, as overrated as Tony Romo is in real life, He's that much underrated in the fantasy football community. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I want to shift back to Redskins. I got a couple questions sure. for you about the Redskins. Sure. Okay. Um, me, uh, Richard, and myself had a uh, had a little argument earlier on about, um, you know, RG three. If he gets hurt and Kirk Cousins is hurt, um, I got my money on on sexy Rexy, and he's got his money on Pat White at the uh, QB three. Who's it going to be? Wait. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this one's not even close and I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean to, to degrade anybody's, uh, bet, but it's, it's easily Rex Grossman. Uh, Pat White, <laughs> Pat White will not make the squad. And, uh, if he does, it would have been if, if, uh, Kirk Cousins got injured and Rex Grossman got injured and if there wasn't another guy to take his spot. Okay. I think. I, I honestly think they only signed Pat White just to fill in as kind of like an RG three ish, like the type of offense he runs, sort of fill in for now. I think he'll ultimately be right. Pat. Pat White. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a man. No, but um, but Rex Grossman, you know what? He he catches a lot of a, a lot of crap for. Being not a good quarterback, and and you know he's he isn't he isn't a great quarterback by any means, but you probably can't name a better third string quarterback than him, and that's the truth. And and even you know oh, what oh, he I probably smell, I smell has another first... column from Richard. Yeah. <laughs> I'll dive to um, it. But even around here, everyone wants him cut, and it's it's not the 
it's not the informed majority, but there are a lot of people that want him cut, and he is—he's a better quarterback than uh, than I, I really challenge you to, to tell me any third-string guy that's better than Rex Grossman. Exactly. And I'm by no I means mean, trying we, to defend him. I don't we, want him starting by any means. We still have Ryan Lindley on our uh, roster, so well, yeah. He's an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL. So, who's going to win that uh, wide receiver two job? Well, it's going to be Josh Morgan. He fits in perfect in the X. Um, he's that prototypical possession guy. Um, so he's going to win it. And um, if if you really want to go deeper, there's a lot of guys that could end up. Um, Challenging him for the same amount of receptions or points. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, who, who are we talking? We're talking Hankerson. We're talking Aldrick Robinson. Um, like yeah, you know, Aldrick Robinson is a big favorite of mine, and and like I think I said already, he's I, I, I'm in a lot of deep roster leagues. Yeah, so yeah. Me, me too. I can afford to. Yeah, I can afford to roster a guy like Aldrick Robinson. I know many of your audience probably won't be afforded that luxury and I don't want to um, spend too much time on a guy that that you know it's not even worth having on their roster but maybe a guy that that's worth keeping an eye on um, he is a speedster who can catch and he was considered a project when we drafted him and we've treated him as that and he's been nothing he's done nothing but shine when given the opportunity um, but he's a guy that was averaging, I think, like over 15 yards of reception last year. Nice. Now, what about at the running back position? We haven't noticed any Shanahanigans so far this uh, this preseason. Um, are we still just looking at Roy Helu and Evan Royster as the uh, the two primary backups to Alfred Morris? And, and Morris's Morris's job isn't in jeopardy, right? I mean, I've heard I've heard that Helu looks really good. I'll I'll, uh, I'll address the starting running back position first, and then I'll move on to the backups. Um, I know shenanigans is fun to say, and that everybody likes to um, bring that up, but uh, I, for one, would like to put that to rest. Um, it's it's really a it's really an overblown concept that isn't true. Uh, Shanahan, when he finds a guy that runs over fifteen, sixteen hundred yards, he's kept them, and that's. You you can you know look at the stats um, when he had uh, TD Terrell Davis he kept him and he ran him into the ground which is what you want as a fantasy owner if you can get four years of a running back being run into the ground uh, that's great not everybody Stephen Jackson which is what I so, try to tell Arian Foster owners to run him into the ground yeah no yeah you're exactly right and the Arian Foster owners should be glad from what they've got from him and they probably won't get much more but that's a whole nother subject for another yep. day um, Alfred Morris will probably give you three more uh, top production years and nobody wants to admit that uh, everybody thinks that Shanahan wants to just put in the next guy just because he hates your fantasy team <laughs> and he stays up at night like Mr. Burns from the Simpsons twiddling <laughs> his fingers like how can I destroy Regan Yant's fantasy team um, <laughs> and that's not the case I mean it really isn't when he got Terrell Davis he ran him into the ground until Terrell, Terrell Davis got hurt when he had Clinton Portis he started running him into the ground but does Vinny Serrato ring a bell for you guys? Or well, yeah, yeah. Well, and and, uh, and, and you know what? I think Mike Mike Williams when he did run Mike Williams, I think Mike Williams got hurt, and that's why Orlando's Gary took over, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, Mike way back Anderson. in the day, yeah, Mike Anderson, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, but even those were uh, one thousand yard running backs, which was good, and they were nice fill-ins, but they were. I'm talking about guys that really went over 1,500. The only guys that exactly, went over 1,500 yeah. yards were Terrell Davis, Clinton Portis, and now Alfred Morris. Right, right. Um, so when he has a guy, he's going to run him to the ground. So I, I'm well documented of really loving Alfred Morris. Um, he's basically my number one homer even over RG3, who I think is amazing. But the guy that I think is unjustly underrated is Alfred Morris. So with that being said... I think uh, Roy Hallou is good in his own right, but he is a, a prime example of a real handcuff. Nice. Yeah, he is. 
he he's not going to get he's not a Bernard Pierce or a Bryce Butler or a Ben Tate. He's not going to get uh, points on his own he's just not because he's get talented. His yards. He's gonna, he has to have Alfred Morris get hurt. Correct. Right. Now, my my last question that I have, because I know that, uh, and this one's for Richard, because I know um, how much he really loves Logan Paulson. What are your thoughts on Logan Paulson taking over Fred Davis? Um... If we were talking about real football, mm. not fantasy, uh, and I don't mean in that in a yep. grading way. Yep. Nope. If we were talking about not fantasy purposes, I would absolutely agree. Uh, the guy is great. He is a great blocker. He is a great kind of move the chess piece around in great scat back blocking situations. Um, I wish I wasn't having a really bad storm right now. I might be able to bring it up quicker on my computer. But uh, I, he, what did he have? Twenty four receptions last year. I, I don't think he's fa- fantasy relevant at all. But yeah, he could. He could absolutely. I think that might be one of the more destructive parts of Fred Davis's value right now is how good Logan Paulson is in the blocking game. <laughs> that, that was actually uh, when, when we did our tight end podcast. Richard had no idea who Logan Paulson was. <laughs> <laughs> God awful. Jesus, he's bad. Well, Carl, we appreciate your time tonight. We really enjoy the work that you do over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the rest of your your folks there. Um, Continued success, man, as we head into the season. Thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Thanks thanks for being on with us. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you on again later on this season. Sounds good, man. Anytime. Just let me know. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. All right, fellas. Have a good one. All right, guys. So uh, we'll wrap up here for Regan Yant and Richard Janvrin. I'm Adam Rainbow. I'd like to thank our guests, Carl Safchik and Chris Shanafelt. Uh, anything else to add, guys? No, man. I think that was a great podcast. Hope everybody enjoys this. That was awesome, man. All right, Richard. Back to your back to your room to crank out some more awesome content for the website. I'm going to bed. I got to work in four hours. So oh, this is gonna... <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, thanks, guys. Once again, uh, for Regan Yant, Richard Janvin, I'm Adam Rainbow. Till next time. <laughs>
Shut up.